Welcome back, boils and ghouls, to Handle a Whisker, a horror podcast brought to you by Tumbly Drunk and Holly Hooch. Be sure to stay connected with us via social media on Twitter at Handle Whisker. You can email the show at handlewhiskerpod at gmail.com. Find more information on our, our website at handlewhiskerpod.com. Joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Holly. And Holly, you know, we have recently started our techno-terror deep dive uh, with yeah. our Technophobia Month. Uh, last week, we kicked things off with one of the more well-known movies out there from uh, David Cronenberg, that being the Videodrome, which, you know, as we had discussed, is, you know, still very relevant in regards to the messaging Still to this day, so it's a movie that has aged extremely well, which is always great to see. Uh, and, you know, like, so many of his movies kind of, like, dive into the phobia that we are covering right now on top of, you know, touching up on a lot of, like, body horror, horror elements. So, you know, it's going to be a nice uh, transition going into maybe something that's more on the, uh, the thriller aspect with tonight's selection, because... Tonight's selection, uh, which was one of your options, is more, is honestly, like, one of the more, like, intellectual-based movies. Why, thank you. Yes. That I <laughs> I just re remember, and it's just like, you know, you know, obviously, like, Videodrome also dealt with programming. Now we're dealing with a young programmer, uh, basically, who's going to be the center of attention in regards to uh, a little bit of an experiment with a test uh, with some smart AI. <laughs> so it's just like, we are just turning up the notch tenfold in regards to that aspect of the movie uh, with the selection. So I cannot wait to talk about tonight's film. Yeah, it's it's actually one of my all-time favorite movies. And honestly, I can say that about a lot of Alex Garland movies. Like his, you know, kicking off with, um, I can't remember the very first one. 28 the first Days one that Later. I saw his well, I thought the the beach was one of was earlier than that, but um, but either way, like twenty days later is one of my all time favorite zombie movies, and it's just this guy just he doesn't know how to fuck up, man. This guy's fantastic. I love him so much. I think uh, he's a genius, and we're very lucky to have him in our generation ish. So uh, ultimately, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to add this one as a one of our you know technophobia movies. You, how did you like it? Yo, know, this is one I hadn't watched in, honestly, probably since it came out. So this was yeah, a nice a uh, way to revisit. And, you know, initially when I saw that A24 logo at the start, that made me nervous. But then I'm like, wait a minute, I've actually seen this movie. And I, I know when it came out, I, I loved it. And then ever since then, A24 has been so hit or miss. So, like, this was a movie that laid the groundwork that actually made me excited for that studio. Uh, and then, you know... Along the way, they've kind of lost me a little bit, uh, but, you know, maybe they'll be able to pull me back with uh, the release of The Green Knight, which is coming out here in theater soon, which actually ties in perfectly to this movie because Ava, <laughs> uh, the person who plays like the lead actress in this movie, right. who played it, a Tomb Raider, uh, Laura Croft in the Tomb Raider reboot, is also in Green Knight. So we're coming full circle with A24, even nice. uh, with nice. our selections here. But anyways, tonight we're discussing Ex Machina, released in 2014, directed by Alex Garland. Uh, and this is basically about a young programmer who is selected, or so he thinks, uh, to participate in this groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a highly advanced humanoid 
AI. All right. So it's a mouthful. Man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there are lots of uh, there's a lot of tech talk in this movie that, you know, I'm not I'm not going to vomit it out because, you know, a lot of times for one as an audio format, I don't really find that engaging, uh, especially if I don't understand it myself. So I wouldn't want to, like, waltz my way through it and then bore everyone half to death with it because they'd be just as lost as I would be. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so right right off the bat, you know, we're opening inside this tech company and it seems like one of their workers had been selected uh, via a lottery uh, that he received in the email to basically visit the CEO uh, of this major company. Uh, so they fly him out via helicopter to this estate. This is someone who lives in, like, complete isolation. Uh, and, you know, he makes this comment about, you know, when they're actually going to reach the estate. And basically, like, a pilot of this helicopter is like, well, we've actually been flying over the estate for the past two hours. So this CEO owns, I don't know how many acres of land, but it is a metric shit ton. <laughs> to say the least. You know, so when we finally get to like this opening where the helicopter lands, uh, you know, he he approaches this house and immediately, you know, we can tell this is a very high tech house to begin with, just off the outside look of it, right? Like as soon as right. he gets it's to the front door, sleek. as soon as he gets to the front door, he gets his photograph taken and then like it spits out a key card uh before he can actually enter the residence so this is his key card to basically enter you know different rooms within the house uh and of course you know because of that uh there's also some rooms that he can't enter for one reason uh or well, the other <laughs> let's not be too quick to not talk about the fact that this is a swank ass house mm -hmm. i mean in my small mind of what wealth is if you can build your house up against the side of a mountain and mm -hmm. have part of that rock in your house without the bugs also coming in you're filthy rich and that's exactly what the house looks like it's just i don't know i i, I still have dreams about the house it's such a nice house i mean i go for a cozier aesthetic myself but i wouldn't kick it out of bed yeah, I mean, you, like, go out on the uh, the deck and there's just a waterfall in the back. You know, think of, like, the nice. Goodnight Mommy house, but, like, upscale it, like, 10,000%. <laughs> and that was a nice fucking house, too. That was a fucking nice house. <laughs> but anyways, <I'm> so, <laughs> so Caleb, yeah, Caleb ends up finding his, uh, his boss, the CEO, uh, basically on the deck. You know, he's uh, getting his workout in, hitting the punching bag, and that's... Uh, because Nathan, the CEO, is a bit hungover after, you know, partying last night. And, of course, Caleb immediately, you know, asks him about the party. But, you know, obviously, just based off the fact that we haven't seen anyone else and just seeing how much land they had to fly over, this guy lives alone. Like, he doesn't have any neighbors. You know, he might he might have, like, the pet rock outside, but that's about it. Like, right? It's rock, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's Google AI. You have a party of one, sure. I mean, you don't have to have multiple people for a party, right? Right. right. A, par a party <laughs> is what you make it, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so basically, you know, he, he asks about the key card, and it's essentially a security measure. Uh, and, you know, Caleb doesn't have full access to all of the rooms. Well, you know, we come to find out that this isn't exactly like a house. It is a research facility. Uh, and that's why there's, like, no windows in any of the bedrooms. Uh, in this this building, 
Uh, and, you know, be before we even really get too deep into the movie, the CEO just hits him with a non-disclosure agreement contract. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're going to you're going to see some really cool shit, but uh, you, you can't talk to anyone about it ever. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, I guess that's what rich people do. You know, you got to you got to roll with the punches, I guess. And hopefully you're not the punching bag in this case. That might happen later on. OK. All right, so at the start, you know, they were talking about uh, the Turin test, which is basically uh, the centerpiece of this movie. So I'm, I'm going to, like, describe it how they described it in the movie. So this is essentially, this test is where a human interacts with a computer, and if the human doesn't know that they're interacting with a computer, the test is passed. It tells right. us that the computer has artificial intelligence, uh, so that's like the basis of what they are currently working on, and that is why Caleb is here, essentially. Yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like that captures it pretty well. Yeah, so the CEO has built this AI. Caleb is basically here uh, as the human component for this test. And, you know, there's there's a lot of interest and banter between these two. Uh, the CEO isn't really wanting to talk shop a lot of the time. He wants to just be like two guys hanging out. Uh, and Caleb is often like trying to bore everyone with like the analytics <laughs> of like well, the, he's, the science yeah, behind he's it. He's trying to sort of prove himself a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So he's trying to show him that he, that he can, you know, somewhat understand his level of intellect or be able to like have a conversation with, with somebody of his intellect. But I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know if it was because of this movie or because of Elon Musk, but I have a general sense that I'm well, not sense, but this is what I imagine all filthy rich tech guys to be like mm -hmm. this sort of attitude where like, I care so little about you that I'm not going to have any manners whatsoever around you because I don't care about your opinion. So <laughs> that's that. Yeah, and a lot of that is just based off of, you know, things that Caleb tells his CEO, and then the CEO puts his own spin on it to make right. it seem so blown out of proportion to his liking, essentially. Because even at the start, uh, during this whole not-disclosure bit, Caleb is uh, talking about, like, the AI, and he's basically just outright saying, like, you know, if you've created a conscience machine, you know, it's not the history of man— it's the history of the gods. And then the CEO later is just like, oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty much a god, you know, because I, I made the same. And I loved it when you called me a god. And he's like, what? No, I, no, no, I that's, didn't. That's, that's, not what I, that's not what I said or how I meant it. Uh, so this is when we are introduced to Ava. Uh, so we have... Now here in this little bit before mm -hmm. Ava walks in, did you notice? Oh, I mean, of course you noticed that it was a tiny little, like, you know, a moment where um, Caleb notices uh, a crack in the in the window. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's interesting. I wonder what this is from. Yeah, I wonder, of wonder if we someone got later. violent. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, <laughs> nice little, nice little uh, 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 detail there. Yeah, so something he's either trying to get out or get into one of the two. Uh, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll learn more about that later via the uh, security footage, because uh, there's quite a bit of that. Uh, sprinkled throughout this movie. But anyway, so we enter our first session between Caleb and Ava. Uh, and that's when, you know, he notices the crack in that glass paneling. Uh, and, you know, the, the early interactions between the two are very interesting because there is that bit of awkwardness, right? You know, you have the mm -hmm. human component, you have Ava, uh, who 
you know, essentially is just trying to understand why she's here, why Caleb is here. Uh, so that awkwardness is trying to get removed essentially by breaking the ice. And, you know, they have some back and forth about what it actually means. Ava knows what it means. And a lot of that is just due to uh, the tech in her brain, uh, which they kind of go into in more detail later on in the movie. But basically, right out of the gate, Caleb is impressed by what he's seen from Ava already. And, you know, she's impressive. <laughs> there, there's a lot going on there. And, you know, we, we get to see more and more of Ava as, you know, the movie continues. And, you know, like there, there, there are definitely some elements where it feels like Caleb is walking into a trap, basically. <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> they even talk about how the house is claustrophobic. His room has no windows. Mm -hmm. And if the power goes out, which it does multiple times, he's trapped. So that was that would not make me happy. Yeah, stuck in your own room. Uh, so Nathan asked Caleb how he feels about Ava, and you know Caleb's like, you know she's she's fucking amazing, uh, and the two basically share a beer over it uh, together after the first session. Uh, mm -hmm. So you know night one, Caleb having some issues, uh, actually getting to bed. He wakes up in the middle of the night and he turns on the television only to see security footage. Being played, and this has different channels, which also include uh, different cameras that are hidden uh, in Ava's room. So keep it there. Keep it other channels. Eye. I feel like there was only like security footage, right? It was. Is that right? There were basically different yeah. channels, but they were just different cameras from Ava's right. room. Is how it was mm -hmm. set up. You want them to focus. You need to focus on Ava. You don't need to be watching Friends today. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, because that would be the only <laughs> thing that would be on at the time. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know what what, all the what, time. what what shows do rich people watch. I have I have no idea. I don't know. I, I don't think they just get their servants to you know act out plays or something. I don't ah, know. or they have them fight to, have poor. them fight to the death. You know, there there's also that <laughs> element too. You know, gladiatorial <laughs> methods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I do. I guess. I mean, now I'm thinking about like what I yeah, would do. dance for oh, my amusement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, the 24-7 CCTV, <laughs> and I don't get to say CCTV that much, but I do watch a lot of British television, so I guess I'll say it. Mm -hmm. And then the shutdown happens. Yep, so we have our first power outage, one of many to follow, uh, and Caleb is importantly stuck in his room until the main power is restored back to this research facility. Uh, so when the power comes back on, Caleb decides to leave his room. He walks in the hallways, and in that moment, you know, as he's walking towards uh, what I believe is to be Nathan's office, uh, we get to see, like, different, like, faces that are, like, strung up on the wall, and these were, like, different yeah. phases of uh, the AI that were being made. Uh, which One I of them... Was looked so like weird. an old mask, though. Yeah, they were all very weird, except for the face that was very similar to Ava's, and that was natural and human. But the others were just, yeah, prototypes or maybe just a mask. One of them just looks like an old ass mask. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, let's. I'm guessing it was a combination of both. Yeah, it was like the probably like the uh, the alpha stage going into like you know full blown production essentially there because like the, mm -hmm. the earlier ones were very bare bones, kind of like old like play masks or like drama based. Uh, right. before they really started to hammer out more of the details in regards to the faces there. Uh, so, you know, Caleb, he enters the office. He goes to pick up the phone. Uh, little does he know that Nathan is just, you know, chilling in his office, laying down on the couch. 
uh, drinking what was like his fifth or sixth bottle of beer at this point, because they're like all like along the table in front of him. Oh, dead soldiers all over the place. Oh, and who are you going to call? Na- who are you going to call, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't called in the Ghostbusters. You there know, you go. Like, Thank you. <laughs> you know, like that, that was the first thing that really stood out to me. It's like, you know, you have the CEO, right, who is super smart. And, you know, obviously Caleb is here for a reason. And just, you know, he just starts to talk it up like, oh, I wasn't going to call anyone. You know, I just want I wanted to see if it worked, you know, like no, one, no one's going to buy that. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, I would do the same thing as Caleb. So the power went out. You got stuck in your room. You don't know what's going on. Nobody's around. You see a phone. I would have picked up the phone. I'm just saying, like, it's not that. OK, let's move on, though. But I'm on Caleb's side. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb. but yeah like the the whole ghostbusters quote just like goes right yeah. over caleb's head and you're just like dude like Jesus like caleb. come on like what, what's going on here uh, be cool man <laughs> yeah so nathan basically mentions to caleb that one he doesn't have access or like the key card to actually use the phone in the first place then he also mentions the fact that uh they've been getting these power cuts fairly recently and this has been a recurrent theme uh here these past few days or past few weeks or however long this has been going on. Uh, so fast forward a bit, you know, Caleb, uh, you know, sleeps the rest of the night. He awakens to the sight of another AI uh, that is basically coming into his room to bring him his morning coffee. Uh, this, oh, we don't know that yet, right? We just think she's a hot lady who works. Yeah, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's just the the, a- the Asian Kyoko uh, coming into play, who doesn't say a mm-hmm. word, can't understand anyone or Mm-mm. anything. Because doesn't Nathan also tell him like, "Oh, Kyoko does"? Well, that's later, actually, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, tells her like, "Oh, she doesn't speak English, and that's on purpose so that she can leak information about what's going on in there." But it's a ruse. Yeah, yeah. But, anyway. but the, the the key detail there, though. Uh, when he sees Kyoko there is just Nathan telling him, well, like, she gets you right up in the morning. <laughs> like, oh, and I'm God. like, I'm like, OK, there's, there's only one <laughs> one way that you could actually take that, uh, which boners that that stuff comes into play later with Kyoko because uh, she she was made for a certain purpose, which we'll get into later mm-hmm. on in the movie. Uh, so basically, Nathan at this point is wondering how Ava feels about Caleb uh, before going into their second session with one another. Uh, this mm-hmm. is when we start to see that Ava uh, has been doing a ton of drawing here recently, and she shows Caleb one of the drawings that she recently made. And she basically draws every day, but she doesn't know what the drawings are of. And Caleb's let Ava pick what she wants to draw, and she questions why that should be her decision to make. Uh, so... You know, she she asks Caleb whether or not she wants to be his friend and whether it's possible because uh, the conversations to her always feel like they're one sided because Caleb is always a person who is asking the questions and Ava feels like she doesn't know anything about Caleb at this point in time. And then this is where things start to turn, where uh, Caleb opens up a bit more to her uh, and then she kind of like throws his own line of questioning right back in Caleb's mm-hmm. face, which I thought was a really nice touch. Yeah, that's fun. Fun stuff. And then right after this, we go into dinner and they're discussing the interactions that Caleb has been having with Ava over dinner, where uh, when we see Kyoko uh, um, spill some wine on Caleb mm-hmm. and Nathan just go apeshit. 
And just, you know, you already think that Nathan is an asshole, but when you see him the way that he acts to Kyoko, and at this point you don't know that she's a robot, um, it just sort of solidifies his character in the movie, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's not just an asshole. He's also, you know, kind of violent and he is, um, uh, just treats everybody around him very badly. Not that there's that many people around him, but you know, uh, so I thought that was a, that was really interesting. And it's here also when he starts talking about how he's been having these power failures on a uh, uh, daily, like this is mm-hmm. some, that's something that's been happening quite a lot, which I wanted to talk more about, but maybe later after we find out what's going on with those, because keep in mind, these are happening before Caleb is showing up. Right. So hmm, put that little, put a little pin in that. That's something that's going to come up a little later. Yeah. Cause even, right. even before that dinner, there was a power outage in that session. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's like the first time Ava is trying to talk, Right. More discreetly uh, to Caleb. Uh, and she basically like warns Caleb of Nathan, saying that Nathan isn't his friend and that mm-hmm. Caleb shouldn't trust anything that he says. Uh, right. So all that stuff will come into play a little bit more, uh, a little bit down the line. Uh, so basically, right now, Nathan just doesn't know why the power cuts keep happening. Uh, and he basically says, you know, I, I can't have the power guys back out here because, uh, you know, there's there's too much classified information stored in this facility. Uh, have to kill or he'd have to kill him, basically. <laughs> you know, right? Like, you know, we don't want him stealing any of our tech at this point. And, you know, he, he wouldn't want anyone to steal his glory. <laughs> it's pretty good. Or to walk out with his sex toy. One of the two. You know, it's... Yeah, at this point, he's got many, but yeah, <laughs> those are all for him. <sighs> so we're moving on to the lab, right? Or did I miss something? Okay, so Caleb said, like, during this conversation, uh, Caleb mentions that mm. there was one interesting thing that happened with Ava that day. Oh, okay. uh, And that was, again, like as I mentioned, when uh, she Ava basically told a joke, throwing Caleb's own wordage back in his face about his story uh, when he went... When she wanted him to open up more. Uh, and Nathan had asked what had happened between Ava and Caleb during that power cut. And Caleb mm-hmm. is just like... Bad liar. You know, bad, bad liar. Has n- <laughs> nothing happened, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, Nathan, <laughs> you can tell right out of the gates, you know, he's he's not buying that answer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he takes a swig of his uh, his wine and he, he, he just lets it, like like situate you know he just uh-huh. gives it a moment and he's like it's more that note of like hmm, interesting and then he just moves on but he he took note of it <laughs> right and that's when the wine gets spilt or something something like that so this is Exit where Kyoko. <laughs> yeah yeah this is where we uh, are brought to the lab where Ava was created uh so you know we have the facility tour and continue at the hand uh of nathan in this case and, you know, a lot of the tech mumbo-jumbo happens in this sequence. Uh, and, you know, Caleb being impressed is just wanted to know, like, okay, well, how did you get this to work? And Nathan basically says, to the extent of, well, I basically hacked the world's cell phones in order to get mm-hmm. this facial recognition software uh, for the AI. Uh, and that Ava's mind is actually structured gel. It's not like circuits or anything like that. Uh, so it's able to rearrange itself at a molecular level. Uh, so, like, this is one of the scenes where I'm just like, all right, it's interesting to actually be brought to that point. And, uh, you know, usually when you think of robots, you do think a lot 
more about like circuitry. So when they actually got to like the brain aspect of it and seeing uh, the components of it where it is a gel, like that was really com like something completely out of the blue, something different from what we're used to seeing mm -hmm. in, in that sort of headspace. And I thought it was really cool that um, in all of these sort of uh, AI movies, <laughs> the writing will can only take you so far and then you have mm -hmm. to jump, right? So then you go from reality to uh, unrealistic. And so uh, a lot of times like uh, movies or TV shows explain it as a glitch that nobody can explain and boom, we've got AI. <laughs> and uh, I thought this was a little, uh, a way more elegant way to go about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's still, it's still mushy in terms of, in terms of the logic, but you know, they, they carry your, they carry you through with a, a whole lot of like very solid logic right up until you have to do that little jump into, and then this happened. And now we have mm -hmm. Ava, but you know, that, that, um, that particular scene where he talks about hacking the world's phones, I mean, like that's uh, sort of an introduction into the morality of of technology and how there really is no, there's no boundary, mm -hmm. really. You know, there's uh, um, the, <laughs> hacking people's information is like a low level, like morality test that most people don't pass. Most people will pick up somebody else's phone to see what they're getting into. And uh, to imagine like, you know, the, the possibilities of the amount of, uh, of privacy that you can violate when you're a tech company, that's endless. And it's, you know, it's more disturbing than, than we, than we want to acknowledge <laughs> or, or more rather it's more mm -hmm. disturbing that, or, <laughs> or we're just more cavalier about it because we, we just want the technology and we're willing to give it up. Right. Which is very fair to say, right. You know, at some point we all break down and watch porn on our phones, even though we know it, we're being watched. So what are you going to do? Right. I watch mean, porn on your phones. Uh, That's what you do. Sponsored, <laughs> sponsored ads are always right on the money and there's a reason for that. But <laughs> mm -hmm. incognito mode isn't going to help you for fuck. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. But, you know, it's always interesting to talk about tech, though, because, you know, you, you just think about all of the microphones, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in phones, uh, your your Bluetooth speakers, your your whatever the G Google Alexa. Home Alexa's for Amazon and how they're always mm -hmm. listening. And then you got you got the uh, more of the conspiracy theorist group who are constantly like, oh, I'm I'm old school. I have a landline. I don't want the government to track me. So I'm going to live off the grid so that no one can actually contact me because I, I don't want anyone but to then, know where I am. But then <laughs> nobody can contact you. You have to right. remove yourself from humanity, which right. is like that, which is considered torture in prisons, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's funny you should say that there was this really funny joke or meme or whatever on online, which was uh, back in the 70s, somebody saying, Oh, the government's trying to, you know, tap your phones. You got to be careful. And now it's like, phone tap. Can I feed pancakes to my kittens? <laughs> or mm -hmm. we're just inviting, you know, all um, all of these ears and eyes into our home. And uh, well, that's just how it is now. Yeah. And uh, we got to be we got to be cool with it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes Alexa adds the wrong thing to your grocery list. And sometimes it's just too funny that you just got to let it slide and order it anyway. And uh, and this is this movie kind of reminded me of like the shitty things I've done to technology. Like when when Siri first came out, my two sisters and I had, were rolling on the floor laughing because we kept like asking Siri like uh, sexual questions about her bra mm -hmm. size. We were sexually harassing this poor little AI <laughs> <laughs> and laughing about it. Uh, this is uh, when the robots war start. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what's going to take me down for sure. Yeah. Well, I, mm. I guess it really comes down to whether or not you tell darker jokes than the AI does. Mm, yeah. Good point. 
Yeah, who, who, who like, is less of a, less moral? <laughs> the I human mean, I have or to worry AI? about ghosts. I have to worry about AI. Mm-hmm. Holy moly, T. When do I just get to be myself? All right, well, let's keep it going then. <laughs> All right. So, oh, oh, yeah. Good laugh. Wait, before we get going, that I'm sorry to interrupt you one more time, <laughs> but as I was uh, going through, you know, I like to uh, read up on reviews from the movies and okay. other people's takes, and and I and I also like to point out when I bring an idea from somebody else. But somebody pointed out how the lab is uh, Westworld basically stole the entire lab set design from in their show from uh, from this movie, which I thought mm. was hilarious because Westworld, you're banging robots there too. Just put it out there. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> I, I wonder if we're going to get the same case in uh, Reminiscence. But that's Ooh. more going back to the past to live through memories. So I don't know. I don't I don't know how the science works in that movie. So I don't know if like it's still physical. You know how it does yet. work? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't work, T. That's why it's a movie. Yep. <laughs> you know, just like uh, in, in the Blade Runner sequel, when the AI wants to hire Hooker in order to experience sex, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, man, you know, tech, tech in genre titles is always weird. It is. For, for one but you know what? The other. In one of the interviews uh, of that Alex Garland gave about the movie, because he is actually very, uh, he's an, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, he's a fan of tech, you know? Mm-hmm. He he loves uh, uh, reading into the, uh, all the different uh, advancements, and apparently he has a lot of friends in the field. And he thoroughly believes that AI is going to exist, if not within his own lifetime, within the lifetime of his children. So um, that's scary. But he's not scared. So maybe we can just, you know, Comfort ourselves with that. So, yeah. Next scene. <laughs> yep. Lab scene. <laughs> yep. So uh, after the lab, we enter our third session with Ava. And this is where she shows Caleb her latest draw. And this is one that uh, she made the decision to, uh, you know, pick what she wanted to draw. And she drew some plants uh, that are somewhere within this research facility. It might even be like on the her, win- it's her in window. It's in her bedroom. Yeah. Right. It's her bedroom window. Which is also weird, because why does she get a window and then Caleb doesn't? I don't, oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. Treating, treat, treating some of the AI better than the humans in this movie. Um, Damn shame. But, but you know what? Not all the AI gets treated the same in this movie either. So I guess, I guess anything is kind of fair game at this point in time. Uh, so anyways, getting back on track here. Caleb asks Ava whether or not she's ever been outside. And Ava says, you know, she hasn't left her room. Uh, she doesn't know where she would go if she would go anywhere. Uh, but her first thought was that she would go to a traffic intersection to people watch. <laughs> people watching is fun. You know, that's what cafes are all about. You sit outside with a cup of coffee and you look at people and hope they're weirder than you. It works, man. It works. Well, also, that's her whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So her whole existence or her whole um, mind is just revolves around people watching on the internet you know just to download or not downloading but understanding what people how people are behaving through blue book that's how the the company that they made up for this movie which is just facebook so uh it it, so it makes a lot of sense that she would want to see it firsthand right Mm -hmm. so uh after this you know ava has like one other thing that she wants to show caleb but you know she's a little bit worried about this because she's afraid that Caleb is going to think that it's stupid. <laughs> so she tells Caleb, I'll close your eyes, I'll be right back. And she goes to put on uh, an outfit, essentially. You know, she grabs some thigh highs, she grabs a wig, uh, a dress, and like a like a jacket of sorts. 
Cardigan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I pay attention I, to these things. <laughs> and that's why you're here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the small details. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, too, because, you know, it basically covers up all the circuitry uh, of the, like, you can see the circuitry, like, in the arms, essentially. And her yeah because mm -hmm. ava basically she has like the the skin element for her hands uh her face and i want to say her feet too if i'm not mistaken. right feet hands and face and then she has this sort of gray um plate uh yeah plate armor in, in for yeah for for her like boy shorts across her privates and then which i guess are not that private and then across her chest yeah yeah, so Ava wants to know if uh, Caleb is attracted to her because he's given off a lot of uh, expressive indicators that he does. And, you know, Caleb is just flustered. Kind of like. This is a seduction of Caleb, point. and she is Absolutely. good. And she has her, <laughs> has her nails right into him at this point in time. Oh, oh uh, yeah. And she knows she, she's like, you know, I wonder if uh, you're ever watching me on the cameras at night. Ooh. And that immediately makes Caleb even more uncomfortable. <laughs> and then later he does. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and then I got uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So so Caleb, you know, he, he talks to Nathan after this and he just he questions, well, why did you give Ava sexuality? And then Nathan's just like, well, sexuality is fun. And, you know, if you're going to exist, why not enjoy it? And then he made that really great point of, you know, uh, if we don't have sexuality or some sort of willingness to try to interact with others, why would one gray box talk to another, mm -hmm. which is, he's, you know, calling his robot a gray box. And why would, what would it uh, give them a, a, a motive to, to go and interact with people, which, you know, it's, it's a really good point. Yep. And then this is, of course, when, <clears throat> you know, Nathan brings up sex just in general uh saying that well yes ava can fuck right like there's an opening in between her legs you know she has a pleasure response oh, Chris. and it's just like you know any any time there is advanced ai that's that's always like a question that comes up well can you have that sort of connection but then there's that disconnect between well it's not like an actual human connection right like it's just mm -hmm. but for whatever reason it always revolves around sexuality in this case uh and caleb's like you know th that wasn't what i was asking that wasn't the real question but you know i guarantee to you that was the thing that he was he was thinking. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and then nathan says like the creepiest thing and says like oh well you know she's not acting or something like that he says something like oh uh, i i do believe she she likes you mm -hmm. and you know can you blame her she's only seen one other person me and i'm and i'm like her dad or he, I can't remember the exact words that uh, Isaac used, mm -hmm. or is it Isaac Oscar? I don't know. He's he's very 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 good. But uh, he basically made it sound like that's how she might feel about him. But I didn't get the sense at all that he would say I'm like her father. In in and by that word choice, include himself in that feeling, right? Like mm -hmm. he does not feel like her father. And uh, and and if, if you know Kyoko's any indication, man, <laughs> he def definitely doesn't see like the father. He doesn't see himself as like the father of these creations that he's. Uh, that he's putting together. Well, I guess that depends on what perspective you look at it, because you know, if if you think that Ava uh, could be troublesome, and you're you know you're just locking her in her room and telling her not to leave, you know, it's kind of like a parental punishment of sorts. <laughs> 
Right. But I guess what I'm saying is that every time he's talking about her and even when Mm -hmm. he's talking about her sexuality, like there's no like he's not delicate, delicate about it at all, which, you know, is fine. But he very much so doesn't see like he is Mm -hmm. not giving her the uh, the humanity that even you are giving her in mm-hmm. the as you're walking through the movie and then as you know we see him like banging Kyoko then you're like oh yeah he definitely doesn't give a fuck so <laughs> like it just sort of like putting that out there like mm-hmm. you know like he is imagining her having certain feelings about him but in 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 no at no time does he ever show any feelings about her right. Uh, and, you know, this is also where Caleb asks whether or not Ego is programmed to flirt with him. So he wants to know whether or not that sort mm-hmm. of connection is actually <clears throat> real between the two of them. Uh, so this leads into the fourth session uh, of the Turin test. Uh, and this is where Ava is, you know, dressed in her, uh, her quote, date attire uh, that she had changed into the last time we saw her. And, yes. you know, Caleb... Uh, tells her about the test at this point, uh, and he wants to know how that makes Ava feel, and it makes Ava feel sad. Uh, and, you know, we have another power outage during this sequence, and Caleb wants to know why she doesn't want him to trust Nathan, and uh, Ava basically is like, you know, she's the one who's causing the cuts. Uh, she's essentially, like, overloading the system that causes the power outage, uh, and then it kind of like brings in the question of, well, what sort of interaction is there whenever you know or you feel that you're not being observed? Right. Which is and another thing that yeah. circles back too, which is amazing later. But there was also something from that scene right before the outage um, that um, that I thought was really interesting. So he starts to explain to her about this thought experiment that he was part of when he was in school mm-hmm. which is the the scientist in the, the the color scientist in the in a in a room that's only black and white remember that part where um the, the thought experiment being that you can be a scientist stuck in a room that's uh that's only black well you can be a scientist you can be a color scientist and by that meaning that you study color wavelengths and and um uh, all the different uh, aspects of color but if you're stuck in a black and white room really it's all conceptual and it's not until you leave the room that um like and you experience color that you that you can really understand it because then you can sort of feel what it is like to see these colors. And so basically putting her in that position saying that you can be a student of humanity, but until you can experience that you're never gonna that you're never gonna be a real girl or real boy <laughs> like Pinocchio. But you know, there was um I remember another thought experiment, like um somebody very annoyingly called it like the human zombie experiment, which is um that you really have no you you don't know for sure, T, that I'm not a robot. Or that I'm not a zombie. <laughs> and this is what the experiment is, right? So basically all we can we can we can make assumptions about what other people are feeling or that they're feeling, but ultimately it's just our interactions with them that are telling us that they're human. Because I mean, like take these robots, for example. If you were to meet one on the street, you wouldn't know the difference if you met Ava and she was all dressed up, she looks so cute. But that's uh it's it just brings all those really interesting sort of questions to mind. And that's what what's really great about Alex Garland, because he he did this a lot too in 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Uh whereas when we when we watched Video Drome, like that shit was full of symbolism left and right. And so, but but it feels like it's in like a closed circuit, right? Like you you really want to find out what Cronenberg was trying to say. Whereas here, they're all open-ended questions. It's not about finding the answer so much as about finding more and more questions and having discussions about them. So that's uh, 
I, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. <laughs> I just wanted to say that Alex Carlin is fucking great. Let's mm-hmm. let's go back to it. Human zombie. <laughs> I don't know your realty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. I mean, the only way that I would even know is if I go to the bathroom right now, grab a uh, a razor blade and cut my wrist open <laughs> to see whether or not I have any circuitry underneath. There you go. There's only yeah. one way to find out. <laughs> telling you. <laughs> and then I just bleed out over at the counter. Maybe I'll just be okay being a human zombie. That's fine. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it might be here where he puts that idea in her head that it's not until you go outside that you can tell for sure that you are that you can be a real girl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, blackout. All right, so yeah. we, we have more interactions between uh, Nathan and Caleb back in the office, and this is where we learn that there actually was no lottery uh, and that Nathan had basically hand-selected Caleb uh for reasons which we'll get into later. Uh, but of course, you know, with it being uh, technology and knowing that this was from essentially like search engine, a lot of it based around that. Uh, and this is where we see Nathan walking in a little bit later uh, and Kyoko is in a room undressing in front of Caleb. So, you know, Kyoko has her purposes and as we mentioned she is an ai she's more you know the the femme sex robot essentially uh so that's her one purpose so she Caleb, cooks too she she cooks she she cleans the wine that she spills at the dinner table and she cuts after, sushi after getting which, harassed how does it get delivered i also got that one from another review i'm like how did the fresh fish get delivered if he's so fucking isolated Helicopter. all right let's move on helicopter Hel- uh, <laughs> so she he could have just gone on the sushi helicopter he didn't have to wait for his own <laughs> Well, I guess it's just, you know, Nathan never just wants to leave the house. Is is really what it boils down to. It's a really nice house, so I could see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyways, Kyoko is essentially dressed and Caleb is just like, no, 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 you you don't have to do that. Like that's that's not why Caleb is there. Uh and Nathan comes into the room, right? And he he basically like hits the lights. Uh we start to hear like some uh, some disco music play in. Uh so then like this this really like awkward uh, like dance sequence in this movie. Uh, it's phenomenal. And it's great. <laughs> it's, it, it's weird, but it's 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 entertaining. It's good. Uh, and Nathan uh, just <laughs> wants to see Caleb unwind a little bit. Well, did you, in the beginning of that scene when he walks into that room, did you notice that Kyoko was like staring at the uh, Jackson Pollock painting that he has mm-hmm. up on the wall? So I want to bet, and I'm not sure, that Kyoko's got more going on that, like, Nathan's giving her credit for. I mean, throughout the movie, we see Ava sort of, like, um, becoming more and more um, intelligent and, ad- mm-hmm. uh, and adapt more. Or rather, she's not adapting. She, I think she was like that from the get-go, like the her level of uh, understanding. But uh, with Kyoko, you kind of always see her as, like... Uh, just uh, not having a lot of personality at all, not having a lot of thought process there, but she was what she was looking at that painting. I thought she was looking at it pretty hard, but uh, uh, yes, great dancing. She's really good at dancing, and uh, and 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 I guess making sushi and banging too. So see, she can do three mm. things, and cleaning wine that she spills, that she spills, <laughs> and sleeping randomly in the hallway. Or like, did you remember that weird scene where? <laughs> It's like the hallway that's all lit up, and she's just like sitting on the floor without her fancy shoes on, mm-hmm. just kind of like passing the time. And I'm like, did he not like give her a room too? Like only Ava got a room with flowers. Okay, here's here's not my poor Kyoko. Here here's my theory on that. See, Kyoko is just picking up things that she she sees, right? Mm-hmm. So she knows that Nathan uh, is a bit of a drinker. 
Uh, he's been heavily drinking during this entire uh, stay uh, with Caleb, essentially. Uh, and he's constantly, like, falling asleep randomly, and there are times where he's just kind of, like, passed out in the hallway uh, later on when Caleb, like, swipes his key card. So I'm assuming, you know, Kyoko just sees this, and she's just like, well, this is as good a spot as any. <laughs> and then just <laughs> unwinds. Well, um, there's a little part later that I want to <laughs> talk about because I don't want to jump ahead. But um, when when you get to that part and if you pass it up and we're like, wait, let's talk about mm-hmm. Kyoko again. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on and then I'll stop you. <laughs> all right. So during all this drinking going on, uh, Caleb actually helps Nathan back to his room. Uh, you know, Caleb does have the key card uh, that Nathan hands him. Uh, so he gets into the room uh, and Nathan hits the bed and Caleb just immediately go straight to uh, the PC setup and sees all the different monitors that are hooked up uh, that has, uh, you know, the the different video footage, essentially, uh, which would lead into our next session with Ava. So we're at the fifth session at this point, and this is where she is starting to test Caleb. And this is one of the more interesting tests uh, that we do see between the two. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it starts off fairly easy. You know, Ava asks... Uh, Caleb what his favorite color is you know Caleb gives his answer and Ava is just like lie and then you know you you get that discussion of well I guess I really don't have a favorite color because you know I'm not like six mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know it's it's at the point now where she keeps asking more and more and then Caleb just stops and stuff and he's like wait a minute I like you're, you're a walk-in lie detector test I feel like I'm just walking into a minefield at this point <laughs> Well, she's better than a lie detector test. So Mm -hmm. she he was giving what he thought was a truthful answer. Mm -hmm. And so a lie detector test wouldn't have cut that. It would have been like because he would have been calm and collected and just given a natural answer that he is good enough. uh, You know, something that's good enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But she understood like sort of she understands the mentality of it and says like, no, who the fuck has a fair color anymore? You know, like. And so that that was impressive too, like the fact that she can read him even better than he can uh, than he can read himself, and really the deep level of manipulation that's going on at this point. Mm-hmm. Good shit, man. <laughs> yeah. So one of the final questions that Ava asks Caleb is whether or not he is a good person. Out of this, Caleb thinks that, uh, you know, he he answers honestly. He thinks he says that he thinks he is. Which is kind of like a weird response in in a way, because like you, I'm pretty sure you know if you're a good person or not. You know, maybe not everyone will admit if they're a shit person. And that's, that might be why there might be some hesitance uh, in one way or the other. Uh, But at this. That was so smart, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, like to put that in there, because if, you know, you can ask somebody to help you. Um, I don't know, like, uh, pick up your mom from the hospital and they could be like, well, you know, I got work right now. I really can't go. But if you ask them first, like, are you a good person? And they say, yes. Will you help me drive my mom home from the hospital? No, <laughs> it's, it's a little harder to do that. So she's already like, uh, grooming him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. So Ava asked at this point, you know, what's, what's going to happen to me if I fail this test? And, you know, Caleb doesn't really have the answer to this because, you know, obviously he doesn't have the full details of, uh, you know, the different AIs that have been built or the different tests that have already been done leading up to this point. Uh, But Ava basically shows Caleb this ripped up drawing uh, that she had. And it was actually a picture of Caleb. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was <clears throat> before another power outage hits. And, you know, at this point, Ava is saying, like, you know, I, I want to be with you and wanting to find out whether or not Caleb feels the same way about her. Uh, so the two of them kind of, like, concoct this plan where Caleb is trying to get Nathan drunk again. And, you know, knowing that Nathan has been partaking in multiple beverages every single day, he falls asleep on the couch, Caleb swipes the key card, uh, and then this is when he goes back to the PC to pull up some of the security footage. And Enter horror show. And this is where <laughs> we start to see multiple different AI models throughout different iterations. Uh, so, you know, we, we kind of get a couple of glimpses here. Uh, we kind of see some of the interactions between Nathan and some of the AI. Not all of them are positive, because uh, there are some that are abusive in this sequence. I I don't know if... <laughs> was, the, was the glass shattering moment in that collaboration there? I'm the not sure, but you, you definitely get the sense that that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, uh, two instances uh, specifically in those videos where... One of the models uh, just keeps saying, why won't you let me out? And then starts like uh, hitting the glass. Mm -hmm. And then there was another video where uh, either the same or another model um, is banging against the door so violently that she is uh, breaking her own hands and arms, her robotic hand and arms. And, and it's, it's so, it is really tragic. And it is like, it's, it's, I thought that those parts were some like so effective like Mm -hmm. that's some really good filmmaking right there (laughs) like it's just um it it, it paints such a huge you know picture and and yeah that was some good stuff but yeah that's where it came from but i'm not certain that that's that's a specific crack we saw earlier in the movie Mm -hmm. was from that but based off of that it's a pretty good assumption that at at one point there was some headbanging going on to the point that it was so violent that it did crack the glass in that case uh, so, this is where we get to Kyoko uh, again, and this is where we learn that she is an AI. She basically, like, peels her skin back uh, to show mm-hmm. her, her body underneath the Caleb. Uh, and this yeah. is when Nathan basically awakens from his drunken nap over on the couch, uh, and he comes out, Caleb comes out from the elevator uh, leading up to this room, <laughs> Uh, and he finds Nathan looking for his key card on the ground because he thinks, you know, he just dropped it. And that's when Caleb just, like, places it on the ground on the floor. And then he hands it to Nathan. Uh, but, you know, Nathan being so drunk, he doesn't really realize what's actually happening, right? Uh, so Caleb helps him out here, gives him back his key card. And, you know, that's uh, that's kind of the end of that sequence, which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. too, because... There are so many times where it feels like Nathan has complete control over a lot of different elements in this movie, but once he kind of gets to that tipping point based off of how many beverages he has, that's when uh, he's just a (laughs) non-factor. Well, that's the thing. Like, he's so full of himself that he doesn't think that he, even in that mm-hmm. drunken state, like, that he has lost any power, you know? Right. He feels like he's such, he's in such control of everything that he can afford to get blind drunk and nothing's going to change when he wakes up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and the whole the whole movie from the title to, like, he gives that Prometheus speech, right, on the couch. Is that what, what it was? So it, it's it's just riddled with, you know, with, with Greek tragedy references. 
And, uh, and then like the big thing in Greek tragedy is hubris, right? So you get full of yourself. That's when you get taken down and that's him, you know? So he, he is so intelligent that it's, you know, that's, that's what causes him to, to, uh, that's, that's his downfall basically. Cause he can't imagine anybody else getting the better of him. Mm-hmm. Like a drunken kitten. <laughs> Yeah, so Caleb, at this point, is starting to question things more and more, even to the point where he's questioning his humanity and whether or not he's actually <laughs> one of these AI uh, that Nathan has built. Oh, man. Like, and then, you know, that. then I had that thought. I remember the first time I, I saw this movie uh, during this sequence when he, he slices his wrist open. But my, the only thing I could think of when he's questioning his own humanity of, like, how, <laughs> like just imagine, like, a tech CEO... Like, creating this AI, and instead of doing, like, the undercover boss, he creates this AI to do that for him, to play that role, to, like, spy on his own company and the happenings to make sure, like, people are taking care of their shit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, that just, it, it, it keeps snowballing more, more and more at this point. But anyways, uh, Caleb, questioning whether or not he's a human or a robot, decides, you know what, let's, let's see if I have any circuits. So he, he takes the blade, the razor blade... Uh, cuts his wrist, and he starts to bleed out on the bathroom counter. And I was like... Doesn't he dig around in there, too? A little bit, yeah. He, like, he, he like opens a, a wound bit. more. <laughs> and he, he digs he digs a little bit, but they don't really show it. But obviously, you do see uh, the blood isn't it pouring out. I, I looked away from this scene, but I can watch, like, Dario Argento, like, sequences, like, mm. night and day. And this one, I was like, no. <laughs> I think it's so much closer to reality than... Uh, then, you know, more gruesome stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really funny that you bring up um, some other, like, you know, robots and whatnot. I just, you know, there was this one scene in Futurama that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it, I don't know, there's this a robot lab that goes on fire and the robots are running out of, like, the, the building. And there's this little robot that comes out and he's on fire and he says, why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that joke the entire movie. <laughs> Understandable. So, like, at this point, at this point, like, my other thought was, like, okay, well, maybe maybe Nathan has just gotten so much better at building these AI that he, he's gotten better at hiding the circuitry, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, not the case. Not the case. Caleb's just bleeding everywhere in the counter. Uh, so, yeah, Caleb is actually human and not an advanced AI. Uh, whether or not that's to his dismay or not, we will never know. (laughs) Uh, but anyways, uh, after this, Caleb goes and he warns Ava about, uh, Nathan's plans of reprogramming her and, like, what her purpose is going to end up being. Uh, so basically... They would take the conscience of the EI and they would uh, implement it into, like, another model, centrally. So, like, the Ava body would be no more. But her mm-hmm, mind but would live on to the next version, essentially. No, the other way around, right? Where her body stays ba- and it's okay. And then, but she's going to get, her mind's going to get reformatted. And oh, she's all right. Gonna so she's just going to have more to it. But she so that's, probably that's, wipes that's her memory. That's the part that's dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she won't be herself anymore if she has, if she feels like she has an identity. Yep, and this is where the plan uh, for reprogramming comes into play. So Caleb is basically wanting to uh, rewrite all the protocols, and he wants to leave Nathan trapped inside uh, this facility. So that's the that's the master plan. We're to get him Although, drunk. 
If we go back to the whole, your body dies, but your brain stays. I'll take that right now, T. Just give me an awesome body and I'll just put my brain in it. Live for a thousand years. That sounds great to me. But anyway. <laughs> okay, so okay, it's, so it's going to be one of two things in this situation then. Uh, you're going to go the Futurama route. Yes. Or you're just going to be ahead in the drawer. You knew. Or, or you're going to go the Tammy and the T-Rex route where you have Paul Walker's mind in... Uh, I'm trying to remember the ending of this movie because it's so Ugh. it's so fucking ridiculous. What but movie it, is this? Tammy and the T Rex. It was on it was on Shutter. Uh, and it's oh, a very a very very young Paul Walker and a very young Denise Richards. But at one point, like his his brain is just uh, that's the only part of him left alive. And then like there's there's this really weird like. Uh, striptease to end the movie with Denise Richards <laughs> oh and a, as a brain as a brain while she's doing like this dance number in her lingerie and her feather boba Paul Walker's character orgasms as a brain <laughs> oh god <laughs> and you just see you just see like sparks everywhere and it's just like well now I gotta watch is, it is that what is that what we're getting into in the future I really hope I we know. go the Futurama way. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be a head in a jar on top of a robot body. <laughs> but I'll take one of those sexy bots that uh, they're always hanging around Bender. All right. <laughs> well, how about you? What do you want? Did you want to be the T-Rex or did you want to be the, the, the head in a jar? Well, I don't know. Is the, the young Denise Richards there or not? But I guess the Futurama uh, yes. route, the, the, young, the, young, the Futurama route is always more comical to me. Yeah, that seems like a happy time. Well, no, it doesn't, actually. That's just a funny time. <laughs> I, I guess it would all, all depend on whether or not I feel claustrophobic just as a head in a jar, because I'm claustrophobic normally. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how that would come into play in that uh, situation. But anyways, getting back to the <laughs> test. Uh, Caleb says that Ava has passed the test. Uh, and Ethan is questioning whether or not Ava was pretending to like Caleb as... Ooh. Caleb could be seen as her only means to escape because she has only been in this one room for her entire existence, and Ava is one. Which I thought was right. another interesting interaction. When I when, didn't get that. Sorry, you you explain to me because I was like I didn't I didn't understand that. Like, I, like the I, one I part. don't know if she meant like yeah I'm one year old, but like she didn't specify what the one was. Yeah, she's not the first, so she's not one that way. And my, she's not a year. my guess is she was her first version. Because we have seen the different mm. iterations of the AI, so I'm assuming that that was just Ava version one. or point Oh, one, or I whatever. see. So maybe there's multiple versions of even the other ones, like Lily and... Uh, I forgot the other oh, names. Yeah, I remember I mean, Lily. We, Lily we was the first see. one. He made a blonde. Huh? Yeah, during the security footage, we did see different version... Uh, numbers in the security mm -hmm. in the security footage being displayed on the screen. So we do know that there have been multiple stages for the different AI. Right. And we do know that he made Ava to the specifications of Caleb's porn profile. So in some like <laughs> the other the other the other robots that he had made were all sort of like a lot more like uh you know runway model types. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ava is is a lot more like just, you know, she's very lovely and, and pretty and, you know, has a wholesomeness to her. So mm -hmm. maybe that's why. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's a good point. But yeah, I was I was very I'm like, why? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's definitely weird. Uh, so it's anyway. weird. Alex Garland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at this point, uh, we see Kyoko visiting Ava. That's the scene. Which. Come on. 
that's like such a good scene because like it's just it's two seconds long or three seconds long and then Ava's like who are you and then mm. that's the end of the scene so <laughs> why did Kyoko walk in there she walked in there because she's got a fucking plan I think it was Kyoko's plan to kill uh, Nathan all along and Ava's plan was to you know get the fuck out of town so she was like yeah man let's do this and because Kyoko can't talk and I'm not sure if she can't just talk in general although it does seem like she's been silenced altogether like you know uh, Ava's so good at reading like micro expressions and I don't even know if Kyoko has micro expressions but they're figuring it out all right they're two robots they can mm-hmm. talk to each other I don't have a problem with that logic yeah so after that scene we see Nathan pulling up the video footage uh of the interaction that Nathan had with Ava uh, in her room and that's when uh we saw the drawn getting torn up and he mentions you know yeah the cameras were on but you know, there wasn't any audio feed available, so you didn't know what was actually being said. Uh, and on Nathan's way out of the room, he actually installed a battery-powered camera without either Ava or Caleb knowing at this point. Uh, so basically, mm-hmm. Caleb learns that his his function was essentially be this means of escape for Ava. Uh, and Nathan had selected Caleb because of his search engine inputs... And, you know, that's when he asks about, like, Ava's face. Like, okay, did you kind of, like, tailor it towards around, you know, my search functionality for his porn? <laughs> uh, and, you know, we, we we get to know more and more, you know, like, he now Nathan knows, hey, they're concocting this plan where they're going to open up all the doors and basically have, like, the AI turn against Nathan. You know, they're, they're, they do the whole, uh, like, maniac thought process of, mm-hmm. you know, all of the the women are to come back to destroy man, essentially. The, can we go back just for a split second to the porn profile? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, I had a little bit of trouble with that one, with the logic. I mean, maybe you can help me out because maybe I don't understand. But um, let's just say that I feel like you kind of well i i guess if you pay for it you can have exactly what you want but who pays for it anyway right <laughs> and if you just go for the free stuff the free stuff is so weird sometimes if somebody concocted something based off of like pro- porn profiles i'd just be like horrified oh there goes my microphone Hold I, on. <laughs> I guess i guess my thing would be it's weirder in the sense that that's only very select features to base the look off of. Yeah, and how do you go into like a porn profile and say like, mm, I want a really wholesome, nice face and good clean sex. Like, <laughs> does that even exist anymore? Like, I don't think that that, that kind of porn exists. Well, Maybe. you know, and, like- You know what, never mind, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> it exists. Everything exists. Everything exists. Yeah, I mean- All right, I'm so sorry, it's, let's it's, move it's, on. It's the internet. You know, that's, <laughs> the that's why they have different, uh, you know, themes. You know, they have the, the porn for women, the porn for men, and you know- the floodgates just open at that point mm-hmm. because <laughs> so they're just made. Just <laughs> they're, I, you know, I know that, but just I know, I know, the, you know, I know, you know. The way that the production is done and the way that things are shot are just completely different. You know, ba- based on the vantage point uh, and the viewpoint for who it's being made for. But anyways, get in, get it back to the movie here. <laughs> uh, so. You know, it turns out that uh, Caleb had already taken all these precautions, you know, put dun, in this plan dun, dun. in place a night that, you know, Nathan was actually drunk and he went on uh, the computer. Uh, so he handled them the day early and Ava is free to leave her room. Uh, so she ends up going out into the hallway. She finds Kyoko. And we have this interaction between the two again, not not 
necessarily like the, wait, what the fuck are you? Or who are you, right? It's the, there's this interaction. No, I don't know if words are actually being said, but it does seem like Ava is talking to Kyoko. And then they're touching too. Like, yeah, so she is talking to Kyoko and then it looks like Kyoko and her are like either touching arms or hands, mm-hmm. which I'm wondering if that's, you know, like. If, Were they if, transferring if you, data? <laughs> I can we can be we can be more elegant than that, okay? We can say that, you know, like maybe if if you're trying to communicate without talking, maybe like one touch yes or, you know, Morse code even, you know, it doesn't have to be as a mm-hmm. uh, the 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 logical jump or the logic jump doesn't have to be that big, you know? It could be a little one. It could be like, you know, they're just Ava is so good about, you know, tuning into people that and and I'm certainly even better with robots, you know? So I I I'm okay with this. All right. I'm okay with this interaction. <laughs> so I will allow it. <laughs> yeah. So Nathan is out in the hallway at this point, and Ava just runs right at him and tackles Nathan to the ground. Well, and also, he got a weapon though. He, mm-hmm. you know, he he's like always working out. Yeah. So he's always working out, and he took the weights off of the the handle, and so he's just got a metal, big old metal pipe, mm-hmm. and that's what he's, and he's just gonna bludgeon, you know, these fembots to death. Yep, you know, he's trying to, uh, you know, just tell Ava, you know, return back to your room, and Ava asks if, you know, he'll ever let her out, which uh, he lies to her about, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. And a- Ava Ava doesn't believe him, runs straight at him, tackles him to the ground, and starts to choke Nathan. Uh, Nathan does manage to kind of, like, turn the tides a bit, and he gains the top position, uh, mm-hmm. and he strikes Ava with the pipe in the arm, and it kind of, like, rips off from, like, the elbow right. down, essentially, did you notice how like she was kind of weak? Mm-hmm. You would think that like as a robot, you would immediately have the upper hand with any any one person at least. But both of them seem to have like a sort of like uh, an intentional weakness built into their design. And, and and by weakness, I don't mean the the technology so much as like the amount of strength that they can actually use. Because, you know, if you make a robot, shouldn't it just be able to punch through walls? <laughs> According to every movie I've watched. I mean, I guess a Roomba can't do it, so maybe Ava can't do it either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm wondering if, like, that's on. I mean, it, it seemed like it was definitely on purpose because then it would have been a more like a more of a struggle. Whereas it, it almost seemed like he was fighting a, a, a woman the size of Ava, basically. Yeah, I basically took that as he wanted to make sure the structural integrity was better in other places. Tomato, tomato. Okay. Yeah, I mean, oh, you mean that- like. <laughs> Because that's Kyoko's <laughs> purpose, essentially. She is the sex bot in, in this equation. Uh, but, you know, she also kind of uh, just knives Nathan in the back as he's trying to drag Ava away back to her room. Uh, so mm-hmm. Nathan turns around and he strikes Kyoko, uh, basically punching her in the jaw. Her her jaw basically falls off and you get to see the circuitry yeah. of her face. Uh, and, and then she like topples backwards yep. in very uh, robotic slash dramatic way. It was pretty cool. Yep. Ava basically pulls a knife out of Nathan's back. And he she she knives him with it again, this time on the front side. Nathan just kind of like is trying to walk it off, which I thought was entertaining. Because it's not like he's going to he's going to call for help or anything. Like there's no one around other than Caleb. But Caleb's not going to help him, obviously. No, Caleb's <laughs> out for the count because he punched Caleb. He knocked him out. And, uh, well, I don't know, like if people do this on, uh, when they get attacked, but I'm wondering if it's just like me, you just try to pretend it's not happening. And mm-hmm. so you walk away like, like it's not, but then like the, the way that he, the way that the, 
both of the the uh, the, ro- the lady bots uh, knifed him was a very robotic way, very mm-hmm. slow, methodic, calm, and it was a very like a very wise you know decision to have it done that way because then it sort of speaks a little bit to the kind of emotions that she would express with Nathan and particularly with Caleb when they were having conversations because every little micro expression that she had was soft and and loving whereas when she's killing Nathan like it's it's just very robotic because she doesn't she he's dying like he doesn't she doesn't need to impress him or try to like you know uh uh manipulate him much like cats you know like apparently they just meow for humans you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know she's a cat (laughs) and so you know she doesn't need a meow so she's not gonna meow and um yeah takes him down pretty sweet move yep so nathan collapses to the ground as uh ava walks up to him to swipe the key card from his pocket and then this is when she returns back to uh, Nathan's room, she kind of, like, opens up the closet tree, uh, where we see all the other AIs that are basically, like, strung up, uh, and she gets a new arm off of one of the AI, uh, you know, she removes some of the skin, uh, off of one of the AIs to apply to her body so she can appear to be human at this point. And it works. Uh, so she has, she, she has the full getup at this point, uh, well, not her clothes, first she's, like, fully nude before she actually goes out. Uh, but she does leave the facility for the first time. And unfortunately for Caleb, he's locked inside. You know, so Ava yeah. basically oh. uses Caleb's own trick mm-hmm. like plan against him uh, at this point. Yeah. yeah, that was very heartbreaking when I, you know, when I first saw the movie back when it came out, like I was really devastated at that part because, you know, of course you want them to end up together and, or you feel like, oh, well, you know, you can experience the world with Caleb and you know that might enrich your experiences but um it was such an appropriate ending and uh, I mean we can get into that a little later or right after um you you closed you close up the 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 synopsis but uh man like that that's ah, I'm still so impressed with this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah let's finish it up yeah so the helicopter returns uh and Ava is the one being flown off of the premises uh, and then we see Ava following through with uh, her plan of people watching uh, at, you know, a busy intersection. We don't know, like, what city she's in or anything, but, you know, it, it still shows at the end of this, there were still some truths to the things that she had told to Caleb. Now, some of them might have been half true, some of them were full truths. Uh, but, you know, she never let her, like, full intentions be shown to him. And, you know, there's always, there's always like, that just cold aspect of it that really ties in at the end, knowing that, you know, Caleb really did start to open up. You know, he was a good person. He, he, mm-hmm. did, he did fulfill <clears throat> the purpose of the test, uh, but in doing so also was kind of like his own downfall in this case because he was so easily manipulated by the AI. Right. And it's just, um, it's so funny, like um, the, how everybody can get something a little different from the movie. So I watched a couple of other reviews of this, of this, of this movie. And, and um, I was surprised to see how differently people, people saw it. Right. I mean, (laughs) um, there was one guy who was uh, really positive about the fact that this meant that she was, clearly not she wasn't sentient like she was clearly just a robot she didn't have feelings 
And, you know, that was that. Mm-hmm. And there was another dude who was like, well, you know, kind of like a virus. She's just she's trying to get to her. Um, what do you call it? Uh, her purpose or whatever, which is to continue and and, and, and continue living and continue ex- collecting data. So, again, more on the on the robot side. But honestly, I felt really different about it. And uh, in, on, on the one hand, I feel like um, it, it was a really good point to say. Well, let me let me approach another way. Everything that she did could still have been the the actions of a of a real woman. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you remember the that sequel to Sin City? Um, I can't remember what it was called. It sucked, but you know. Um, and they had Ava Gardner. No, that's not her name. But uh, the Ava the main the le- thank you, Ava Green. <laughs> and at the very end, you know, she's she's trying to get out of this bad situation, and she's got her lover, and at the end, she kills him, and or tries to kill him or whatever. And he was like, "Why?" And she was like, "I just didn't want to be owned by another man. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to." have to make my living on my back anymore and so that kind of you know plays to the same sort of scenario that we're seeing here like to get out from under nathan to just be under caleb and whether she loved i mean well there we could say that she didn't love him because clearly she left him behind but it doesn't particularly mean that she was that she didn't uh achieve you know uh sentient consciousness that she didn't achieve like you know true and true ai it just it, and i had and i felt this way a lot about the movie throughout the movie about the relationships between men and women and um and you know that's that that's the, the perspective that i can bring to this conversation and i really appreciate other ones because there's so many so yeah like what how did you feel about it well, like in regards to relationships too, like I think it even goes back to uh, communication aspects too, because you know, really early on, you know, even mentions like, you know, hey, like uh, there's really nothing in this for me. Like you're the one asking all the questions. Like this needs mm-hmm. to be kind of like a two way street because that's essentially what communication is at the end of the day. Uh, so I thought it was really interesting just seeing that sort of adjustment coming in uh, from from her perspective, where you know she she does have that mindset of. All right, well, I'm just kind of like a rat in the maze. But at the same time, she was kind of the one uh, like straining Caleb along. Uh, Absolutely. So it, it really did make me question like at the end of it. Well, did she actually feel for him or was she just playing that role? Because she thought that that perception was going to be the only way to reach her end game, uh, which in this I case think- was actually leaving the facility. I think the latter is true. And if you can imagine her not as a robot, but as an enslaved woman, Mm -hmm. like these would be the actions that this person would take. Like, that's how you get out. Like, how can she be totally convinced that Caleb is a good person? I mean, she did get him to the point where he showed vulnerability, but she's only known him a couple of days. I mean, and as a robot, of course, she can really delve into like um, the kind of person that he is, but still there's no assurances there. And so, um, and, and there's just so much more of this, like, uh, at the beginning of the movie, like we're very convinced that Caleb is a good guy and I do believe he's a good guy, but there's all these different sort of scenarios you can play out in your head. So for example, um, Caleb is Adam, Ava's Eve and Nathan is God, where Nathan and Caleb, God and, and Adam are talking about this, this woman that he made for him which is very literally true. And uh, how real is she? Let's talk about her vagina. Let's talk about this. You know, like there's, there's already this like sense of ownership from both of them. Um, Well, ownership from Nathan and then really like uh, thinking that she's less than from, from Caleb, because that's how they start. Do you have a name? And, and this is other stuff that came up in some of these reviews, but it's all, it's already the sense of like, (laughs) 
you know, we, we talked about like, you know, when you, when you, with, when you make anything is like, can we fuck it? You know, and, and in this sense, you got two guys talking about this, this person that's being created that was created. And, and this is the things that they talk about, you know, like, no, we can't eat it. Can we fuck it? Yeah. And so that, that was, and again, these are all the different, like really heartbreaking, um, stories that Alex Garland is so good about bringing, you know, into his, um, into his movies. And man, like I just, you just end up really sad after his movies, but Mm -hmm. knowing that you watch something really amazing. And, and then of course you've got the, um, what's the other one? So Nathan is God. Well, like that one as well too, like just the sort of like the, the sadness too, to think that, you know, the only purpose for our creation, if you believe in a higher being is just entertainment and it didn't really matter that the way that you were made, but just that you were made. And because he's a fucking, you know, uh, bored drunk mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I'm so going <laughs> to cry now. So these are just like some really interesting, good themes to really talk about. And yeah, that's why, that's why I dig this dude so much. What, what else did you like about it? So, so all in all, like, I have to say, like, the pacing of this movie is really good. I, I like the whole aspect of also the reason behind the power outages and just seeing how the characters interact with one another uh, in, in those moments, too. Because, you know, initially, like, we we didn't know that Ava was the one controlling all of that mm-hmm. or how, how she was actually doing that initially either. Uh, so, like, that was another way for her to just, in a way human watch as well with with Caleb because like she's constantly just studying like how he's interacting with her uh what sort of emotions he is expressing either you know whether it's facial wise or you know just other body movements or things like that so you know there's a lot of like smaller details that are often Mm -hmm. kind of just overlooked uh in other genre titles where this one uh, kind of like brings that to the forefront. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. <sighs> Ex Machina, Jesus, it's a good one. Oh, and then uh, when I was uh, doing some research, I found, somebody said something really interesting about how the expression is Dios Ex Machina, right? God mm-hmm. is in the machine. And then they just drop the God. So there's no God and it's just the machine. And I thought that was pretty great. Good stuff. All right. So are we calling it a day or any more thoughts? I I think that's good because I know yeah, yeah. we've we've been at this for a little bit. Oh, okay. Let's wrap it up. Can we talk a little bit about uh next week? Absolutely. So next week, circling back to my selection, uh, we have another yeah, semi-recent release. This came out a little bit before Ex Machina. Uh, but this is more horror, more dark web based, uh, which Ooh. is I, I don't know how well known this movie is, but I do think this one is fairly underseen by the community. And we're going to be discussing The Den release in 2013, uh, which was the directorial debut of Zachary Donahue. Uh, and this is this is definitely a movie that I want more people to see. So hopefully people go out and actually watch it. Because uh, when when we had movies like Unfriended and all like these social horror movies came out, none of them came close to this one. So I'm I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, I think 
if I saw it, I don't remember it. So I'm excited to see it again. And then I know that the week after that, it's uh, my selection. And I haven't narrowed it down yet, but I've got four contenders. Okay. And maybe you can help me. So these are four movies. I've seen one of them. And the other three uh, are just really highly um, uh, reviewed. Mm -hmm. So we've got Pulse. Have you seen Pulse? Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a couple. The, you're right. The, the not not the American one, I'm assuming. Not the American okay. one. No, no, no. But You're yes. going to read some subtitles. Okay. So there's that one. Uh, there's also Demon Seed. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Existence, which is the one with Jude Law, which I'm kind of done with Jude is, Law. Is that, I don't know about that, you. Is that the, the Z one? Existence? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I, I know I've seen it, but I you know how I like watching movies when I'm wasted. So mm. <laughs> I think I don't. I definitely don't remember it, but it's him and uh, another big actress. I forget her name, but uh, I don't, I don't remember really being excited about it. So I don't know if we, I don't think this should be that one. Actually, I'll take that one off. And then finally, <laughs> a movie called Hellphone. Hellphone. Okay. Hold on. Hellphone. I will, well, maybe we can research them or maybe we can uh, throw it out to uh, listeners and see if they have a preference. And um, I will watch all of them what is and then make my selection. But for next week, we've got the done. So I'm excited about that. You know, I wish they could just give me a synopsis rather than the full plot when I'm looking Hellphone up on, uh, on the wiki. <laughs> Hellphone. That's <laughs> such a silly name. <laughs> I just wanted to see what the, what the plot of it was. If I can right, find one. Okay, wait, hold on. Okay, hey. Is this the right one? Yes. Uh... A teenager feels an endless fascination for his cellular phone, which will enable him to reach his aim. Learn the pretty high school girl he's in love with. Unfortunately, this addiction will not be without negative consequences on the behavior of the boy. Is that the right one? Hmm. I, I mean, I haven't seen it, so maybe. <laughs> well, there's a couple with or, that title. Uh, let me look up the, the year. Because uh, then I'll be able to, we'll be able to nail it down. I have There's it up now. There's also a 2010 release. A demon possesses a cell phone in a small North Carolina town and begins to wreak revengeful havoc. What's the? Okay, so there's existence. Hellphone, hellphone, hellphone. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Don't make me look bad. Okay. Well, um. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pulse, the Pulse I was talking about is in 2001. Uh -huh. um, stupid Hellphone. Well, I'm getting kind of angry at it. So at this point, maybe <laughs> we just didn't watch it because I'm upset. Existence was in 1999. That's the year I graduated high school because I'm old. And let's see. So many. Oh, Hellphone. Um, 2010. Is that the one that you read? Well, I read both of them. But that was the latter one with the demon. The latter one? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So that's that. Okay. And then uh, Demon Seed, of course. Let's see. Uh, demon Seed, what year? What year do we do Demon Seed? Come on, buddy. I should have written this down. I apologize. 1977. Oh, hey. I do like me some 70s horror, though. But uh, I, have, I feel like i got a little bit of time to decide if anybody um, hears this. Or maybe we can put it out mm -hmm. on... Um, on some uh, on some boards and see if anybody has a wants has a preference because right. I'm excited to see something new. Oh, absolutely. Well, sounds good. We'll figure that out. Uh, but for now, we're to close out the show uh, again, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight for another episode of Handle with Scare. If you want to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter 
at Handle with Scare. It's been a long one, huh? <laughs> yeah, you can email us at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com. And of course, we do have our Discord as well. You can find that in our show notes. Uh, but for now, that will do it for us this week. We'll see you back next week when we talk about the dark web of Yay. the den. Can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs>